Today on CNN, we're going to be discussing in our Destined to Grow series, a continuation of the law of reflection. We're going to dive a little bit into some good personal awareness. We need to be aware of who we are, what we are, so that we can serve God and serve his kingdom. Stay close, get something to take notes with, get a good cup of first cup coffee, and let's go. Welcome to True North Nation. This was brought to you by Solid Rock Church in Irving, Texas, where we bring you true direction in a lost world. Now let's hear it from our host, Pastor Ed Snyder. Okay, everybody, thank you again for joining us here at TNN. We're so thankful for our Loyal listeners, I pray that you have had a wonderful, wonderful Thanksgiving holiday with hopefully friends and family, church folks. Uh, I know my wife and I had a wonderful time. Our kids were with their in-laws. So uh, Gail and I escaped to middle of nowhere, Arkansas, and got a little place. We took walks, we ate good food, and we did nothing. And it was Wonderful. So uh, again, I I hope you enjoyed Monday's uh, special podcast. Coming back to town, it was a bit rushed, so we kind of brought you into the sanctuary at Solid Rock Church and uh, let you in on the message that I shared Sunday morning with our church here. I pray that it blessed you. I also pray that you uh, took advantage of our Black Friday and Cyber Monday sale at First Cup Coffee Company, offering an additional 5% in addition to the 10%, making it, guess what, 15% off on any orders. So uh, again, thankful for that. Also, uh, we made an appeal Friday for sponsors, membership sponsorships. Um, we've got a link in the show notes uh, on this podcast. We really do need uh, some support. We need some financial support. We want to do uh, some some things that we are doing better, but we also need to expand. So we're going to have to have a little support to help us. So if you love TNN, $15 a month can help us get where we need to go. All right, enough of the commercials. Let's get back in to our thoughts for Destined to Grow. And I pray that this podcast is helping you grow past to where you uh, have lived. And I my, that is that is a passion of mine, is not just as a pastor, but anything else that I can do in life is to help people become better through the Ed Snyder Project, uh, through Control the Beast, our newest book that's coming out very soon that you can pre-order is Heal America 714. Uh, the reason that we produce this uh, podcast, again, is to hopefully give out good anointed content to help you become a better person, a better uh, spouse to your wife, a better parent to your children, a better member of your local assembly, of your church, Uh, a better person on your job, whatever the case may be, I want you to become better. And it's only going to come through the help of our Lord Jesus Christ. Today, I want to start out with a, a scripture from Psalm 139 and verse 23 and 24. The Bible says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me, and know my anxieties, 
and see if there is any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. So uh, I want to start with the base of that scripture. And from there, we're talking about the law of reflection. We're going to look a little bit into uh, awareness. We need to become aware of who we are, what we are, what we have become, what we want to be, and what is aware of us around us, what's in our environment that's making us who we are. Again, my goal is that you become stronger, better, wiser, and closer to God. And the only way to do that is to reflect, to reflect on our past, what we have been through. Not every, listen, somebody needs to hear this in our audience today. Not everybody, or excuse me, let me rephrase, not every negative situation that is allowed to come in your life is sent to destroy you. A lot of times, those negative situations are sent to you for you to become stronger, wiser, better, closer to God. It is there actually to help you grow, but you need to become aware of that. And you, more importantly, you need to reflect on that. So, I'm going to share with you 10 questions that will help you grow in the area of self-awareness simply by reflecting on these questions that I'm going to give you. Now, I hope that you've got something that you're taking notes with, whether that is a a note thing on your your phone, whether that is a, a pencil paper, pen and paper, whatever it is. But question number one, what is my biggest asset in your life. Reflect a little bit now and think a little deep. What's your biggest asset? For some, it may be their attitude. A positive attitude is an extremely great value. You know, it it won't supply you the fewer problems, but the problems won't get you down, distract you, or keep you from believing it's important. So again, a good attitude is is very important. Learning who you are will temper your expectations, of course, toward others. I know people that's got great attitudes, and it's a pleasure to be around them. Unfortunately, I know people that don't have that so good of an attitude. They try, but their insecurities and low self-esteem bleeds out through their attitude. They don't think they're they're worthy. They don't think they're they have any value when in fact they do. And so we need to understand what is my biggest asset. Number two, what is your biggest liability? Finding this is going to help you set uh, yourself up to succeed rather than fail. When you, and, and we don't like to look at this, this is a question that probably most people avoid. What is, what is my biggest liability? What, where is my biggest fault? What is my biggest setback? And as I mentioned just a moment ago, some people, it's their attitude. Others, uh, it could be just a lot of variety of, of different things, low self-esteem, anger issues not understanding the surroundings that they're in, their environment. An attitude that everybody and everything is against them. That's a liability. So 
again, reflect and be aware of what is your biggest liability. Number three is, what is my highest high? For me, it's seeing my work succeed and enjoying time with my family. You know, it's seeing the church grow. It's seeing my work with with Dallas College here in the area. Uh, when I get somebody enrolled in a program, get them a certification where they can get a better job, make some better money. Uh, it is it is the the boards and committees that I serve on in the area that as I work with those boards and those committees, then I'm able to do work that helps make life better for other people. So my highest high is to see my work succeed. And of course, as always, enjoying time with my family. The next question, number four, would be, what is my lowest low? Okay. My own lowest low comes from seeing my children struggle, uh, perhaps due to a bad choice or a bad decision. And here, here's the real lowest low for me is I'm not able to do anything about it. I always want to help my kids. Now, I know, I know what some of you are probably thinking. Well, that's not healthy, and it's really not. They need to learn how to hit the wall, bounce back, and, and figure it out. And and one of my, as a parent, for with both of my children, one of my biggest struggles were shifting gears from being a parent of a teenager to a parent of a young adult. I kept wanting to help them fix things, and I, I just had to stop. I couldn't do that anymore. And so my lowest low is that. Parenting, folks, in these in these days, is not for cowards. It's not for the faint of heart. It's a really parenting is a lifelong commitment. My son, especially, I had to make a deal with him, uh, and that was I'll do my best to keep my mouth shut as long as you do your best to make good decisions. And uh, it's worked so far. And I told him, I said, I'm going to let you hit the wall. I'm going to let you bounce off. I'm going to let you learn. But I want you to understand that if I think you're headed for an edge of a cliff, I'm going to speak up. I'm going to be the dad that is inborn in me and say something. Number five, what is the my most worthwhile emotion? What is my wor- most worthwhile emotion? Again, personally, I don't think there is more a more worthwhile emotion than love. You know, we live uh, at our our best when we love, one, what we do, two, love our friends and most our family, and three, here we go, love our enemies. As a person that lives for God, in the world they say as a person of faith, I, I know this is the standard that God has set for us, is to love our enemies. You know? Um, that that's something that's very difficult for us as humans to to do is to love those that hurt us uh, and especially those that hurt us we pray for our prayer wants to be that you know they get hit by a bus or or a, or a piano falls on them but we got to pray that God blesses them and that God ble- God blesses them in many different ways when I promise you you're hearing the voice of experience when you do that you're going to be blessed himself. Trust me, you're going to be blessed. So how how does this, uh, does knowing this help me grow? What is my worthwhile emotion? What, 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 how does it, love is a choice. 
and it often requires effort. You know, yes, you know, many of you know in our audience that our two children are priceless to us. Uh, Our daughter is adopted. We adopted her when she was six months old. Our son was born uh, 10 months after we adopted our baby girl. We got Mariah when she was six months old. Of course, Marcus was born in, in November of that same year. We noticed something. We had to grow to love our daughter. And we love her. She's our daughter. No questions asked. It's I will I will go to the ends of the earth for that little girl or adult woman. Now, she heard me say that she'd probably say something anyway. But Marcus, the second he was born, we were instantly in love. It's the difference between adoption and natural birth. You see, now I'm, I'm going to go off a little side sidebar here. The Bible says that we are in the family of God by the spirit of adoption, Romans says, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. That's why loving God may not be instant. Loving God is a choice. Loving God is an effort. We got to learn to love God. Now, on the other end of the spectrum, we are born of the water and of the spirit. God instantly loves us. There's no choice about it. He died for us. And so to love others as I would like to do, I I must be intentional about it and choose to love people every day. Even those irritating people, we've got to learn and look for the positive in them, what's the good thing about them, and zero in on that point and learn to love them because they're a good person because they do thus and so. The next question of our 10 questions is, what is my least worthwhile emotion? For most of us, I believe it would be one of the following. It would be self-pity, anger, or bitterness, all self-destructive emotions that cause us to worry only about ourselves. So with that moat, we're going to go to a break. And when we come back, we're going to start with self-pity. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody, Ed Snyder here, your host of TNN. So thankful that you're joining us. I wanted to share with you in this break a couple of different opportunities. One, uh, as as we have sent out the appeal, we need sponsors. We need you to help us with just $15 a month. Uh, you're going to get a newsletter every month. You're going to get exclusive content, extra uh, podcast uh, that is going to be published Uh, Of course, any events that we have, you're going to be first to know. So there will be a lot of benefits coming with that. Also, after three months of, of consistent sponsorship, you're going to get a free copy of Control the Beast as well as a discount for the new online learning control the beast uh deal that we're working on right now the the lesson uh handouts are going through the editing process we are just about done with that so it won't be long and we'll be publishing that so if you could join us 
and sponsor. There's a link in the show notes, whatever platform that you use uh, to listen to this podcast. Just scroll down into the lane. It'll, it'll be sh- support the show or something of that nature. If you're on the website, again, scroll down. There's a link and help us out. The second opportunity is First Cup Coffee Company. We've got a joint effort uh, or a joint partnership with First Cup Coffee out of Pearland, Texas. It's a great company. It's freshly roasted beans. It's every coffee is named after a piece of American history. It's a non-woke company. It's ran by apostolics. And so, and it tastes great. You can do a subscription-based thing where you can have it automatically sent to your door every month. You're going to save money with your subscription. If you will use the discount code of TNN23, you can save an additional 10% on your monthly order. So help us out and help support TNN so that we can expand our base and help more people. God bless. Let's get back to the episode. Okay, we're back now, and um, we're going to start with the the least worthwhile emotion, self-pity. And, and of course, folks, whew, this is a tough one. Pity for others is the most notable emotions, but self-pity is possible, possibly the most ignorable. Pity is the capacity to enter into the pain of, of another in order to do something about it. Self-pity is an incapacity. It's a crippling emotional disease that severely distorts our perspective of reality. It's not a good thing. Okay? Pity discovers the need in others for love and healing. Okay, that that could be a good thing. When we have pity on somebody, we could be discovering the 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 enormous need for love and healing in that person. Okay, we just got to be careful and not allow them to waller in the self pity. Self pity also reduces uh, <laughs> the universe to a personal, wounded, proudly displayed as proud as significant. You know, I am hurt. This person hurt me severely. Oh, poor me. That That's what it reduces us to. So be careful. Pity also is an adrenaline for performing acts of mercy. Again, there's the good side of pity that we have an adrenaline to perform an act of mercy to help somebody. But again, going back to the other side, self-pity is a, is our narcotic that leaves its addicted, wasted, and derelict. So the negative effects of self-pity will remind us to avoid it because it cannot help us and only harm us. So be careful of self-pity in yourself. But when you recognize somebody is having some pity or we have pity on somebody, then there's the motivation to help them. Number two, we talked about before our break is bitterness. Bitterness, ladies and gentlemen, as some of you might know or recognize, bitterness will poison your emotional life. There, there's, there seems to be a, a connection between bitterness and depre- depression. Many embittered people complain of chronic, 
unexplained depression. So be careful about that that seed of bitterness that you're going to allow to stay in your spirit because it can also bring on a severe case of depression. Now, people with bitterness, they don't possess the emotional resilience to withstand adversity like they once had. They're they're more susceptible to other negative emotions. When they harbor for a long time, bitterness may forecast patterns of of, uh, a, a biological dysfunction, a physical impairment perhaps, that can affect our, our metabolism. It can affect our immune system. Uh, it can it could affect our organ responses or functions and physical disease. This is some serious stuff that we need to understand. Now, let, let's talk about the opposite of bitterness, and that's forgiveness. Forgiveness helps the person by releasing them so that God can do what only God can do. And if in any way try to get revenge or take care of the situation myself, I'm not, it's not me. It's my job is to trust God. My job is to obey God. My job is to forgive and release it and let God be the avenger to the perpetrator. Okay. In other words, here's the bottom line of advice. When you're trying to heal up from bitterness, stay out of it. Just stay out of it and let God take care of it. Because here's what's going to happen. Somebody hurts you. Somebody offends you. Somebody uh, upsets you, whatever. You're going to harbor that bitterness. It's going to cause you physical problems. It's going to cause you emotional problems. Uh, it's going to cause you all kinds of grief and all of that. It's going to leave you wadded up in a mess. That person that hurt you, that person that that caused you problems, they're going on living life. They're happy. They're enjoying good things while you're miserable. Now, what kind of what 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 kind of situation is that? So don't let them have the upper hand. You have a right to be happy. And so when you turn this over to God and let God deal with it, you get healed up and go on to be happy. And eventually, they're going to pay for what they did. The next emotion that we talked about was anger. Now, I've got a little experience in that. Anger is a social uh, determinant to family, workplace, and other relationships, as well as personal health. To people who feel inwardly weak and vulnerable, anger seems like strength. Anger mirrors fear. It's it's not a good situation. Strong people, anger, it seems as primitive and vulgar, weakness that is disliked and viewed as immature, low-class, or an embarrassing, childish social blunder. So again, be careful how people see you if you're angry. They're going to see you as childish, embarrassing, immature, where you inside yourself, anger is deceiving you by making you feel like I'm strong. People fear me and all that. It's false. It's it's the wrong platform. So again, in the question uh, that we asked before break, what is my least worthwhile emotion? And, and again, a lot of times it's self-pity, a lot of times it's anger, and sometimes it's bitterness. Be careful and be aware and reflect 
on what I'm telling you. Now, the next question, I really can't give you any examples because the the stroke of the brush, actually the next two questions, the stroke of the brush is too broad. One, what is my best habit? What is my most productive habit? That answer belongs to you. Reflect, ponder, think about, and answer that question. Next is the opposite. What is my worst habit? What habit do I have that's holding me back, that's causing me problems, whatever? Those two questions, only you can answer that. Okay, so now that the, 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 I think it's the, I think we're on number nine. What is most fulfilling to me? Again, these are questions of self awareness. These are questions for you to reflect on and to ponder. What is, most fulfilling to me. Communicating puts me in my strength zone. Somebody just complimented me today saying Ed Snyder is a communicator. And I'm honored to God be the glory for all that he has done in me. Okay. So, but communication or communicating puts me in my strength zone. My, what's most fulfilling to me is I feel the most fulfilled when I make an impact on somebody, when I help them either with the gospel, you know, pastoring, preaching, teaching to them, praying with them and watching God work things out in their life, them receiving the Holy Ghost. This Sunday's Baptism Sunday at Solid Rock. I'm jazzed about uh, the people that are lined up that's going to be getting baptized in Jesus' name. That That's fulfilling because I'm helping make an impact. So asking this question today, helps me stay focused so I'm doing what returns the most value to others and, of course, to myself. So you need to discover what makes you feel fulfilled. Of course, hands down, our relationship with God should make us feel fulfilled. But outside of that, what do we do that makes us feel fulfilled? Number 10, what do I prize most highly? What do I prize most highly? And of course, my list there uh, is probably long. Of course, my my number one prized possession is my relationship with God. My close second is my relationship with my wife. A close third would be my children. And when I say my children, that includes my son-in-law and my daughter-in-law. And then probably down from there is, of course, my relationship with my church and the people at Solid Rock. I love them. They're my family. And then somewhere in there, all you apostolic uh, review people, my library, my toolbox for what I do. I love my books, both uh, virtual or online, excuse me, ebooks, and my hard copies that literally are sitting next to me on the bookshelves. So that's some things that I prize most highly. Now, here's here's something else that we've got to look at. Can can you customize your those questions in just about any area of life to help you pause, to help you focus and to help you learn? For example, to improve my relationships, I can ask myself, do I value people? Do people know uh I value them? 
how do I show it? How do I show other people that I value their relationship? Am I a plus or a minus in most uh, my most important relationships? What is my love language of the people that I love? You know, there's a book out that I'll probably get get a little feedback on this one, but there's a book out called Five the Five Five Love Languages. Sorry, folks, I don't really agree with that book because love languages is not limited to just five. There are people that love dearly that speak a different language other than what's in that book. The important thing is, do you have a love language? Do you have a way of showing love to those that matter? Okay. Next is, how can I serve them? In in improving my relationships, I can ask or you can ask yourself, how do I serve them? Do I need to forgive someone in my life that needs to be given grace? Or who shall who in my life should I take time to thank? And here's a final in relationships. Who in my life should be receive or should be receiving more of my time? My my calendar is extremely full with everything that's going on. And I must say, I love it. Okay. I absolutely love it. But on our way back from our little getaway, my wife and I were talking and, um, uh, you know, I put all my work stuff, my ministry stuff on my calendar and then kind of reserve kind of, okay, I got time. Let's go do this as a family. But my calendar is getting so full. I had to reprioritize my calendar. My family time is now first thing that I schedule in the upcoming week, in the upcoming month, or in the upcoming quarter, because they're the most valuable asset that I have is my family. All right. We're out of time. Thank you again for joining us on another episode of TNN. God bless you. We'll see you Friday morning. To find out more about finding that true destination, visit us at truenorthdfw.org.